0: WPHT, HD WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. Always live on the Free RC app. From the Sherry Hill
1: Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Live and local from Philadelphia. Free speech lives here. here, here. It's Cale and Company on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD.
2: And away we go, live on this Wednesday, December 13th. It is indeed Kaling Company, right here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Always live on the free Odyssey app, and of course, streaming live for your video viewing pleasure on YouTube. As we head until 10 o'clock this morning, 855-839-1210, the phone number, Twitter and Instagram, the radio station at 1210 WPHT. I am at Nick Kale, K-A-Y-A-L. Don Stenzlin with the news. Greg Stocker, the chairman of the board, Anthony Dorenzo, Phil Omquist, our associate producers. Pump Day is upon us. That means it's a Tony Bruno Wednesday yeah. live from Florida. In a world in which now Donald Trump and Alex Jones are back on Twitter, and Tony Bruno has been suspended yet again. What? Oh no! <laughs> I know. Think about that, wow. Bruno. That was maybe that was a trade. You know? Yeah. We gave up. You know, we had a, a Russian arms dealer for a WNBA player, and maybe uh, you know, Elon wow. Musk and Twitter said, "You know what? We'll bring Alex back, but Bruno has to go."
0: I guess Bruno just needs to say that uh, Sandy Hook, the Sandy Hook massacre, was a uh, false flag, false and they flag were right. crisis actors, Yeah. and he too can come back on X. <laughs> Twitter, whatever it's
2: called. I I confirmed with Bruno yesterday. I said, hey, uh, good to go for 825 tomorrow? And he goes, yes. And then Robin texted me a screenshot of the announcement from Twitter. (laughs) You are suspended. What did he do? He doesn't know know what he did. He, of course not. Of course not. He never does anything wrong. So we'll, (laughs) We'll get his thoughts coming up at 825. That could very well take up a good 20 of the 30 minutes we have him for. Yeah. So get ready for that. That'll be good. Don, good morning, how are you? Good morning, happy hump day. Are you suspended from Twitter or are you still active? Oh, I Un- hope oh, I hope you're suspended. Are you <laughs> suspended? <No. laughs> well, I can't, I can't imagine what you hope for uh, with me, with my Twitter. You're probably, the br- stalker probably praying for the day that I get banned from Twitter. <laughs> uh, Gregory, how are you, pal? Yeah, buddy. Shaved the beard, I see. Not shay, I just trimmed it down. Brought it down a notch, too. Yeah, or two. All yeah
0: right. I was getting a little out of hand. Yeah? Yeah.
2: All right we got a lot of good things to get to today, folks. This is going to be a very interesting show. A lot of fallout. More details. New information about Claudine Gay. What's going on at Harvard. What they tried to do to the New York Post in a strong-arm effort. Also, at Penn, you have a big donor trying to essentially rewrite the way Penn does business. We'll get to that story this morning. Uh, Also... Dave Portnoy of Barstool Sports is about to uh, no longer consider Ivy League graduates for employment. We'll get to that. We've got that California coffee store update that we have to get to. And oh, by the way, yesterday, I don't know if you watched, uh, right around 5 o'clock on Fox News, and I'm assuming other networks as well, Joe Biden, Vladimir Zelensky, a joint press conference in which another cool $200 million was given to the president of Ukraine as he was dressed like a 7th grader. So we'll get to that story and some reaction and fallout from that. Loaded cut sheet, Tony Bruno, and so much more. But before all of that, let's get to the news. Round 1 at 6.05, the great Dawn Stensland.
3: And good morning. Chilly morning that it is. 33 degrees. Sunny skies headed up this morning. It will be sunny to 43 degrees. We're sponsored this morning on this Chilly Wednesday December 13th by Consumer Cellular. So we have some updates for you as we have charges announced in that Northeast Philadelphia shooting that injured two police officers. We started out the week talking about this. Now we know the name of this suspect, 40-year-old Dial Devon of Philadelphia, charged with attempted murder, aggravated assault among other charges after those two police officers suffered injuries. In that shootout on Frankfort Avenue, Welsh Road, that was Sunday. So he's the suspect who's being held responsible, charged in the situation with these officers. They are both, as far as the two officers, they're both home recovering after suffering uh, multiple bullet wounds, especially in their faces, graze wounds and that sort of thing to their faces. One other, the other officer shot in his ankle. But as far as this guy, 40-year-old D.L. Devon, we're being told that he had quite a long rap sheet dating back to 2005 with multiple charges, had even served time, some prison time. Mm. And he's back out there. A total of four officers were fired upon.
2: 20-year history of uh, breaking mm-hmm. the law. Yeah, I would have thrown away the key years ago, but that's just me.
3: Here we go again, Here right? we go,
2: yep. People that should not be out in the street probably in all likelihood.
3: So we know as far as the officers, a 32 year old officer has been a veteran of the force nine years, struck in his face, in the, in his nose. The other officer, a 31 year old, six year veteran of the force, struck in his ankle as well as his head. I had, I know that it, one of the officers actually still has a, a fragment of a bullet in his head from another shooting that happened. And um, they couldn't get all the fragment out. So this is, so this is this the this second is... time that the officer has been shot. Yes, on the job, oh my God. in the line of duty, in the past six years.
2: Well, we mentioned yesterday. Well, you you mentioned it in the news. Uh, firefighters, what seventy two positions? Maybe yeah. it's time to go from uh, you know carrying the gun and the badge to you know putting out <laughs> fires. I might be say I said it yesterday, yeah. somewhat tongue in cheek, but I am starting to believe it. Maybe it's safer to be a firefighter in Philadelphia than it is to be a law enforcement employee.
3: Yeah. And and this is is as you're pointing out part of the reason that we see the recruitment, it's difficult. Yeah, it's not easy. Nope. they deserve some kind of a war combat pay. Yeah, tell me about you it. You know, yeah. Uh, we do have an update on that escaped prisoner Gino Hagen Cotter. Oh, Remember our, him? our five foot tall buddy, the, the little Gino. They find they finally found the elf. Well, that couldn't... The, it was the body. They found a body found a dead inside a warehouse in Philadelphia. And they believe that it is of this escaped prisoner, Gino Hagen-Cotter. As far as I know, they're doing the autopsy.
0: Couldn't they just take out, like, a tape measure and say, yep? <laughs> Stop. Right, this
3: guy's, Too this guy, soon. This guy's
0: five foot. Hey, Joe, get the yardstick. <laughs> We're going to have to tag and
2: release this one.
3: <laughs> so far, uh, they discovered a broken air vent and a fan that was pushed out with a ladder lying right nearby of this warehouse. So... They don't know the cause of the death, but they say they were able to identify Gino Hagen Cotter by his fingerprints. Now, this
2: was the guy that had the um, history of committing um, theft, correct?
3: That was, yes. That was okay. the, yeah. So so he's the guy at Riverside Correctional Facility yep. working on an orchard detail.
2: He said he had to go to the bathroom and then he bounced. Never came back. Right. So th- now, what place did they find him? And you said a warehouse? A warehouse in
3: Philadelphia.
2: Okay, so he was probably trying to steal something in said warehouse, and he fell off the ladder and died. That's what it sounds like. I just did the autopsy right there. There you
3: go. <laughs> it's it. Like Fargo, it's and that would be the escape prisoner, don't you know? Exactly. Are you watching the season of Fargo, Don? I watched the movie years. Oh, uh, yeah, uh, not uh, watching it right okay. now. Yeah. yeah, that's on the list. Sorry. Maybe no, maybe. that's okay. It's we digress. Yeah. Uh, so that one's still under investigation as far as the autopsy. Bucks County, this is a horrible story. Uh, police believe there may be other victims, and so this, co- this continues to be an investigation. But a Bucks County man is accused of raping this teenage girl after receiving videos of her through Snapchat. And so he's identified as 32-year-old Miguel Angel Sanchez of Sellersville, Pennsylvania, and charged with numerous counts of rape statutory sex assault, involuntary deviant intercourse and and trafficking, human trafficking of individuals, this sort of thing. So this all started around, well, late October, they started investigating this guy. But the 15-year-old girl in this case was raped in the parking lot of the giant store on West Broad Street in Quakertown. Mm. So it's a, a horrible story. They've issued... A lot of warnings and, you know, there's a lot of concern about social media that we talk about. So um, human trafficking, raping this girl, how does it all mix in? It's under a major investigation. Mm-hmm. And so uh, poli- I know we've local police have told us they've created multiple different task forces to try to deal with uh, some of these other, you know, human trafficking, some of the crime sprees that we are seeing that are relatively new within you know our society. I'll headline the others, and that is Vladimir Zelensky pleading for Ukraine aid while at the White House. Meantime, Joe Biden sending out a issuing a concern or a warning to Benjamin Netanyahu in Israel. We'll talk about that one moving forward. Penn naming J. Larry Jameson as the new interim president after Liz McGill's resignation and Nick Cale alluded to, all the fallout we'll get into. Yeah, finally, I will tell. You, first of all, the Fed meeting not expected to raise interest rates. A lot of, a lot of hope. Keep hope alive that they'll start to lower the interest rates after the first of the year and a sign of the times as far as the economy, and that is that the deck the hall light show has ended on the west side of city hall after six years it's been a six-year nice tradition but they didn't have a sponsor oh, no really? sponsor no money and turn off the lights
2: okay couldn't find anybody to throw out a little cash for it yep so yeah it's a shame all right Sign of the Times. money drives everything
3: so consumer cellular speaking of which Thank you for sponsoring us in our Killing Company News Live, offering the exact same nationwide 5G coverage as the major carriers, even in bumper-to-bumper traffic. They're 100% U.S.-based support. Just a click or call away. Plus, activation is always free. Visit ConsumerCellular.com so you can switch today. As far as the forecast, we're looking at 43 degrees is the high today. Tomorrow, the chilliest day of the week, 39 degrees is the high tomorrow. A lot of sunshine is abundant, but it will be chilly. The warm-up starts Friday, 51 degrees for your Friday, 54 degrees for your Saturday, and then Sunday we remain in the low 50s. However, on Sunday, a switch-up with a lot of rain moving in for your Sunday. So Saturday, definitely the better weekend day. Kale Company News Live.
2: All right, Don, thank you very much. As we get going here on a Wednesday morning, 6 12, let's get to a midweek big take.
1: The big take on Kale Company.
2: The big take this morning, gay stays amidst Harvard hypocrisy. On Tuesday morning, the breaking news came down right before we entered the 9 a.m. hour of Kalen Company that Harvard University president Claudine Gay would remain in her role at the Ivy League institution. Harvard decided not to follow in the footsteps of the University of Pennsylvania, who had Liz McGill resign over the weekend. Harvard just showed you the double standards that they permit on their campus when it comes to free speech. Harvard has also shown us that they haven't changed their code of conduct. Last Tuesday, Elise Stefanik, who herself is a Harvard alum, lit the fuse on two Ivy League presidents and the leader of the MIT Institute when it comes to allowing dangerous anti-Semitic speech on their campuses with calls for genocide to Jews. Yesterday, Harvard, unlike Penn, failed to act accordingly. Stefanik, a Republican from New York, had this to say following Harvard's dropping of the ball. Listen and watch.
4: Why the testimony at the Education and Workforce Committee garnered one billion views worldwide. And it's because those university presidents made history by putting the most morally bankrupt testimony into the congressional record, and the world saw it. As a Harvard graduate, I'm reminded of Harvard's motto, Veritas. Let me be clear. Veritas does not depend on the context. This is a moral failure of Harvard's leadership and higher education leadership at the highest levels. And the only change they have made to their code of conduct, where they failed to condemn calls for genocide of the Jewish people, the only update to the code of conduct is to allow a plagiarist as the president of Harvard.
2: I told you this would happen. If Claudine Gay was a DEI hire, she would not be terminated or forced to resign. And I believe that's what happened here. Companies, institutions, governmental administrations will only pull the plug on a DEI hire when they absolutely have to. And apparently, Stefanik's roasting of these presidents last week didn't rise to the level of action for Harvard University. But what has been the reaction of Jewish students? Because there are plenty of Jewish students that attend Harvard. Here is Shabos Kestenbaum, one student who joined Fox News live from Cambridge, Massachusetts, and had this to say. Listen and watch.
1: 2023, calling for the genocide of Jewish people would be considered context dependent according to the best academic institution in the world. And the individual who calls for that
4: uh, is able to keep their job. So the faculty letter talks about the importance of resisting outside political pressure. And
1: I would actually agree with that. I'm hardly a billionaire, but I certainly welcome open discourse concerning the university's hiring and firing practices and their fair enforcement of the student conduct
4: standards, something that we have not seen before. I'm also one of a thousand uh, current students
1: and alumni who called for the president to resign. So what I would ask those faculty and I certainly disagree with them respectfully but i would ask them to number one talk to us talk to jewish students and see what our experience has been the past three months and then i would also ask them what if this was a different minority what if Claudine Gay had said this about black people, about gay people, about Asian-Americans? Would you be as defensive as you would be now? And let's also be very clear. Under Claudine Gay's leadership of the last uh, three months, there has been an almost complete destruction of Harvard's reputation, the loss of more than $1 billion in donations, two different congressional investigations, calls for further federal action, charges of plagiarism and falsifying her own data in her dissertation, a total moral abdication moral of leadership. So I'm confused to so why people ask me why I think that she should resign, as opposed to me asking them why she- So she's basically George Santos. She lies,
2: she gets investigated, but she gets to stay. Harvard is full of crap with free speech and the First Amendment. This is a university that mandates that students attend a Title IX training where they are told cis, heterosexism, and fatphobia are forms of violence, and using the wrong pronouns is a form of abuse. Only 3% of faculty at Harvard openly identify as conservative. And keep in mind, Harvard ranks 248th out of 248 universities when it comes to permitting free speech, a.k.a. they rank dead last. Here's part two of Kestenbaum. Listen and watch more of this hypocrisy at Harvard.
1: The fact that we we would love to do something for Jewish students and protect Jewish students, but we just can't because we have a commitment to the First Amendment when you and I both know that Harvard does not have a legal obligation to protect students who are engaging in violent rhetoric concerning Jewish students, and they don't have historical precedent of ever enforcing these policies to begin with. Just last year, when a student was engaged in a homophobic incident, he was condemned almost immediately, and he was expelled. A couple of years ago, when you had about 10 different students who were accepted, and it turned out that they had submitted racist posts on social media the student the the university suspended them and rescinded their acceptance so
2: the fact that when it comes to jewish people all of a sudden we wish we could do something but we just can't because of the first amendment is is breathtaking and it's hypocrisy pretty remarkable genocide of the jews that's okay homophobia immediate expulsion And speaking of free speech rankings in college, FIRE, the Foundation for Individual Rights and Expression, located right here in Philadelphia, ranked the following schools in this order. Harvard University obtained the lowest score possible, a 0.00, and is the only school with a, quote, abysmal speech climate rating. The University of Pennsylvania, the University of South Carolina, Georgetown University, and Fordham University also ranked in the bottom five. The key factors differentiating high-performing schools, the top five, from poorly performing ones, the bottom five, are scores on the components of tolerance difference and disruptive conduct. Students from schools in the bottom five were more biased toward allowing controversial liberal speakers on campus over conservative ones and were more accepting of students using disruptive and violent forms of protest to stop a campus speech. And deplatforming attempts that occurred at schools ranked in the bottom five had an alarming 81% success rate. Four out of five times, you are gone. And more than half of students, 56%, expressed worry about damaging their reputation because of someone's misunderstanding of what they say or do. And just over a quarter of students, 26%, reported that they feel pressure to avoid discussing controversial topics in their classes. 20% reported that they often self-censor. So if you wanted to go to college where free speech is permitted, FIRE ranks the following very highly. Auburn, Oregon State, Florida State, Texas A&M, North Carolina State, and Colorado. So how do you hit Harvard where it hurts? Well, number one, you stop enrolling. Number two, you stop donating. And number three, you hope that the federal funding dries up. Essentially, it's about time that we bud light Harvard and Penn. The founder of Open the Books, Adam Andruski, told Fox News, Harvard and UPenn are now more federal contractor than educator, collecting more on a government contract and grants than undergraduate student tuition. With the U.S. taxpayer subsidies, tax breaks, and federal payments into Harvard and UPenn exceed a billion dollars per year. It's time to revisit the definition of a public charity. Collectively, these two schools have gamed the tax code for vast institutional enrichment. Andruski's group discovered that between 2018 and 2022, Harvard received $3.13 billion in total federal payments, which includes federal grants and contracts, while the University of Pennsylvania right here in Philadelphia received a whopping $4.38 billion in payments. Translation, unfortunately, Get Woke, Go Broke hasn't hit the Ivy Leagues just yet. But perhaps it should, and maybe it will. And that's The Big Take. The Big Take on Kale Company. All right, Big Take this morning. If you would like to jump in, 855-839-1210 on social media at 1210WPHT. Or, of course, on YouTube, you can be a part of the Kalen Company comment community. Just go to youtube.com slash at 1210 WPHT. Hit the like and subscribe buttons and have your voice heard. We won't silence you. We won't censor you. And we won't force you to resign from your job. All right, we'll come back. We'll get some thoughts and reaction to that. Also, the New York Post alleging that Harvard uh, had a very elaborate cover-up to protect Claudine Gay. And also, what Mark Rowan, a big-time donor at Penn, is trying to do to the Ivy League institution in our own backyard. Those stories as we continue this morning. It's Kale and Company, live on a Wednesday morning. Nick Dawn and Greg on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT.
0: This holiday season, all your wishes are coming true on FanDuel in partnership with Valley Forge Casino. It's America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. Looking ahead to Monday night, Philadelphia at Seattle. The Eagles are the favorite in the game. The money line is the Eagles minus 196. Now, if you place a $5 bet on it, you only win 250. However, the real winning comes when the Eagles win and you get $150 in bonus bets. Free to do whatever you want with on FanDuel Sportsbook. All you have to do is sign up right now uh, using my promo code, FanDuel.com slash Greg, FanDuel.com slash Greg. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action you can bet on everything from spreads to player props over under so much more fanduel.com slash greg fanduel sportsbook is the official partner of twelve ten. WPHT wphd and the nfl 21 and over president pa first online run money wager only five dollar pregame money line wager required ten dollar first deposit required bonus issue does not withdraw bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt see terms of sportsbook.fanduel.com gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER it's kale and company on demand Talk Radio 1210 WPHD and the
1: free Odyssey app.
2: Absolutely loaded show today. Tony Bruno live from Florida just about two hours from now. What's on the cut sheet? That's coming up 745 this morning. I don't know if I'm more fired up about this Harvard stuff or the Zelensky handout again yesterday, which we will get to coming up in just a little bit. You know, it's really remarkable that um, I I think we're at the point now, and I, I say this because I don't think this Harvard story and these Ivy League institutions with their position on anti-Semitism and free speech and codes of conduct, I don't think these stories are going to be going away anytime soon. And the reason I say that is I think these were institutions that were highly disliked to begin with. I think there's a lot of people out there, just the everyday man and woman, that looks at these institutions um, in a negative light. Because I think these institutions breed a lot of global elites and snooty people that think they're smarter and they're more entitled, and they know what's right for the world more than everybody else. So I think there's always been this kind of disconnect between uh, the real world and uh, Ivy League academia. And I really think this is going to be kind of the academic version of Bud Light. The Bud Light story still has not gone away. We will give you the latest of what Dana White has said about Bud Light as a brand coming up later in the show. But I think this is something that's going to continue to go on because, yeah, we saw the resignation of McGill at Penn. But I said this yesterday before the news broke in the 9 o'clock hour or right around I think it was like 8.55 when Dawn was wrapping up her big three and had that story, that I didn't think Claudine Gay was going to get fired. I mean, Bill Ackman had claimed that he believed that this was a DEI hire. Then we find out that she uh, had apparently plagiarized some stuff with her thesis statement in 1997, to which apparently Harvard conducted an investigation and showed no results of plagiarism. Which leads us to this follow-up from the New York Post. Apparently, Harvard tried to cover up the secret plagiarism probe into President Claudine Gay during the anti-Semitism storm. And they even went as far as threatening the New York Post with lawyers. This story from the New York Post as follows. Harvard University covered up a high-level investigation into whether its controversial president was a plagiarist and used an expensive law firm to threaten the New York Post over the New York Post's own probe. The college announced on Tuesday morning that it had investigated Claudine Gay over whether some of her academic work was plagiarized and had cleared her of breaching the college's standards for research misconduct. Instead, it said that she would request four corrections. This is, this is really good here, folks. She would request four... Now, keep in mind, this is 26 years later. The, the accusation stems from 1997. Here we are in 2023. I don't know what the, where this thesis statement or whatever they, whatever she wrote and had published. I don't know where it's saved, where it's stored, if it just exists in like the library or on like the website of harvard.edu or whatever. But they go on to say that she requested four corrections in two publications to insert citations and quotation marks that were originally, quote, omitted. Tuesday's statement issued to members of the Harvard community said that the probe began in late October after Harvard, quote, became aware of allegations about gay, but the statement did not tell the full story, including how Harvard called in bulldog attorneys to protect gay. So my big takeaway from all of this is Harvard is willing to go down with the ship in order to protect their president, Claudine Gay, from plagiarism, from not condoning, uh, not condemning, I should say, anti-Semitic remarks, from reading terribly worded, lawyered up statements in front of Congress, and here we are, and it looks like they're just going to ride it out and wait for, and this is probably their mindset, oh, it'll, it'll pass over. They'll move on to something else. They'll be outraged by the next thing that pops up. Just give it time. You know, the holidays are coming up. Just lay low. Don't go on Twitter. People are tweeting about you. And the second semester comes, this will all blow over. I don't think that it will because it's more than just one school. We're talking about Penn. We're talking about Harvard. We're talking about MIT. And you got to believe, and I think it's fair to assume, that if this is the mindset at Penn and Harvard, this is also the mindset at Dartmouth, Cornell, Brown, every other institution in the Ivy League. And really a lot of these higher, uppity up, biggity big schools that cost a fortune, that put you in debt forever. And, you know, a school like Harvard that <laughs> does not really condone, um, th- these types of statements. I mean, this is a school that ranked at 0.00 in the free speech rankings of universities. They qualified as the only school under the abysmal category, and they were ranked 248th out of 248 schools. So that, to me, is remarkable. I'm not surprised. I mean, I'm not sure, Don, if you're surprised that she got to keep her job with all of this, but I am not. Uh, that was my stance the last couple of days before this news broke yesterday. I think this was exactly what I foresaw coming.
3: Yeah, the big, I think that I'm not surprised at all. And I'm not surprised that Harvard doubled down. I actually think that Penn acting quickly and getting Liz McGill to resign.
2: They look pretty good here.
3: They actually come out. Penn actually comes out looking better than any of them. Yeah. But ultimately, doesn't everything start to look like this? big money laundering operation <laughs> yeah. you know that's what because you start thinking well why would these government officials these swamp creatures these elected officials why would they you know pick handpick certain you know prestigious ivy league you know university it, you start to realize them how the money flows
2: over seven and a half billion from 2018 to 2022 to these two schools alone
3: when well, you just mentioned 2022 so i was looking at the department of education so just December 5th, I mean, today's what, the 12th? This was December 5th.
0: Yeah. Today's the 13th. Or eight, excuse me, the 13th. Eight,
3: eight, Pardon days me. eight days ago. Um. Today's the 13th, which I did say at 6 a.m., sorry. We had a late football banquet last night. Um. So so when you look at that, there's a Biden-Harris, here's another one, economic recovery, U.S. Department of Education, and more grants. Mm-hmm. And you go through, and you, this one happened to be $277 million worth of, but I thought, well, I'm going to have to sign up for these news releases Right. because I think these come out, you know, mm-hmm. every uh, eight weeks or so. Yeah. You start looking back and how it adds up and they talk about STEM and all these different programs. And so, and so this is how they, you know, you think of the tentacles mm-hmm. of DEI, all these different programs that we talk about yep, and how the money travels. Yep. And then I would love to look at this, this money. And it's not all of Harvard. It's many different universities. Oh, yeah. And by the way, some of this money goes to grade schools and high schools. But what do they have to sign on to? Oh, we're going to have a new training
2: program. We're yep. going to have
3: this. We're gonna... And in- that's how. to all
2: of these programs and these mandates. Yep.
3: And those, and so those programs and those mandates are part of what we're seeing in the schools. Cause you wonder, well, how does all this work? Then some of the schools, will they have to subscribe? to some of these different things so the money's flowing back and forth it's our money that you know to your point
2: your tax dollars
3: so we need like a flow chart to we do. figure this out well
2: we're going to need a uh
3: <laughs> i love venn diagrams we're going to need
2: a venn diagram here
3: and how much money and you talked about joe biden he was an invisible professor mm-hmm. how many invisible professors are there i know you know what i mean so then it looks to me like basically a money laundering operation.
2: And it's it's really remarkable because and here's the other hypocrisy so you have Government institutions with academic institutions, and then you throw in these other people like the Larry Rocks of BlackRock and CEO, he the CEO of that company with these social credit scores. So you have all these, to your point, all these little tentacles and they all are intertwined intertwined together. But then on the other side, when a big money donor to one of these very left leaning, not even left leaning, very, very liberal now, but I mean, borderline progressive, insane, uh, when, when a donor all of a sudden starts to push back then they get guffed so it's okay for the government and corporations to influence the way you're supposed to think at universities but alumni with big money that all of a sudden stop sending the checks they're the bad guys
0: we should be careful though about how much influence these donors have in these colleges yes when we like the outcome it's like yeah man let's l- let the donor speak they're going to pull their money let's say a billionaire like Bill Ackman uh, in, in, at Harvard or this Mark uh, Rowan yep. at, at uh, Penn, at UPenn, uh, say one of them didn't like a conservative uh, 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 teacher or some, some uh, class that was being taught of conservative values or something like that. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I'm going to pull my money until that class or that teacher is gone. Just be careful about how much influence a lot of these donors have because we might not always like the outcome of
2: it. Well, that's that's basically the result right now. I mean, if you think about it, 97% of faculty don't identify as conservative. So it's, it's already overwhelmingly skewed to the far left. Now, I don't know if this, and I'm looking at this article from the Inquirer, I don't know if Mark Rowan is a conservative or not. But here he comes along throwing out an email that's questioning Penn's policies. And apparently the way the, the Inquirer positions this, uh, it raises the alarm. There's just two small paragraphs here. The deep-pocketed donor who started the successful effort to oust University of Penn President Liz McGill and Board Chair Scott Bach is now attempting to set the agenda for the university, according to some faculty, as he is questioning its instruction, its faculty hiring, and its political orientation. So I will arrive at the conclusion this guy is probably not liberal or progressive. In this uh, article from the Inquirer, it says, In an email to trustees on Tuesday morning titled, Moving Forward, Mark Rowan, the CEO of a private equity firm, Apollo Global Management in New York, attached a list of 18 questions, some with five parts. Among the questions, he asked whether the school should look at eliminating some academic departments, though he didn't name which, and examined, quote, criteria for qualification for membership in the faculty, end quote, citing a provision in the charter that allows trustees to set general policies around admission to the faculty. So it seems like, according to the charter at the University of Penn, That this Mark Rowan is well within his rights to question what's going on at Penn. But see, this is the hypocrisy that drives me insane. So the government can send all of this type of money from, you know, your tax dollars, 4.3 billion, 3.87 billion. Then we can have all of these other high level indignitaries out there that want to push the left wing stuff. But then when a Mark Rowan comes along doing well with within his right, Sending an email, the Inquirer decides to write a, a four-and-a-half-page article about that. Now, Pence policies, we're, we're raising the alarm. It's like, you already outnumber conservatives, 8-to-1, 9-to-1. The city of Philadelphia, Democrats versus Republican from a registered voter standpoint, 7-to-1. Why is it that when the one time the rabbit has the gun on the other side, we always hit the panic button? You ever notice that, Don? I love that. They don't like when the rabbit has the gun.
3: When... uh What's up, doc? Right. Oh, got Bugs Bunny. I love that you incorporated Bugs Bunny into this. No, and, and, you know, you look at, to your points, you look at the headline in the Inquirer, it's the column that you're referencing. Penn Faculty Fear, the donor who started the effort to oust McGill. Right. Is attempting to set the agenda. It's like you're going, How dare he? Yes. With his money, well, tell us. And, and you read the questions. Like, do you have to be a donor to even ask the first question? What's the university's mission? Oh boy, that Mark Rowan, he's an evil guy. It's
2: like parental rights. (laughs) It's like how dare a parent question what's going on in the school districts throughout, you know, Bucks County.
0: Guys, we can't have it both ways. We can't, uh, you know, claim that, uh, that sponsors who pull out of X for, you know, what they deem as hate speech or whatever Nazi uh, stuff, you know, and, 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 Chastise them for that, but then, but then uh, applaud somebody who takes his money because he doesn't like the way uh, the schools, you know, being run. Well, so-
3: wait, wait. Okay, first of all, with regard to Bud Light, uh, last time I checked, I don't think w- our tax dollars, by the billions, go to subsidize Bud Light. I've, I'm pretty sure that Bud Light is a company in our capital. Maybe they get some some money somewhere, somehow. Well, some but of my, I don't some think my, it's billions.
2: Some of my paycheck goes to P.A. Wine and Spirits every
3: week. <laughs> is talking about subsidies. Yeah. So, number one, um, my tax dollars don't go to Bud Light, and certainly our dollars by the billions don't. Number two, the the tentacles as far as this these billions of dollars, where they go. There's a back-and-forth that we need to have transparency, and that's the point I bring to Greg Stalker. that when Greg says, well, wait a minute, these donors, look at how transparent this is. So you have a donor, and they have to report it. So we know how much Mark Gibbs. Mm-hmm. That's why we can report on all of it. There's transparency there. What this guy is asking is, hey, what's the process for evaluating the actions? Then he asks, what about... Some of these board members are they elected? What's the process? Is there transparency? Right. He's asking all he's doing here he's asking questions that are really good questions and fair questions, but the point of it is with donors they it's on their tax form it's it's all transparent with the other stuff look at how you've reported on Joe Biden And his, they had to investigate that and find out, well, did Mm -hmm. he ever lecture? How did he get all this money? Where, where's all this money going back and forth? That, my friends, is not quite as transparent.
2: Sadly, getting lost in all of this as this has become super political is the fact that it shouldn't come down to progressives versus conservatives Amen. over the fight of whether or not Israel has a right to exist and Jews have a right to live and claim a piece of land and, oh, by the way, not have to walk around on campus where they've got a bunch of left-wing 18- to 22-year-olds dressed up with the Palestinian flag, dressed in headgear, uh, calling for the genocide uh, of Jewish people. That should be a common-sense thing. That shouldn't be a conservative versus liberal thing or a conservative thing versus progressive thing. That should be, hmm, let's see here. Is it fair to say that Jews should die? No, it's not right. It's not fair, and we shouldn't allow it, and we should differentiate between free speech and hate speech. But I would just put a bow on it this way, is for, I don't know, eight or ten years now, we've been living in this cancel culture world. See, the difference here is twofold. One, the left uses cancel culture to go after things they don't like to hear, but they go after the little guy. They try to end somebody on Twitter because they tweeted something and upend the livelihood of a random dude or a random person who makes 50 grand a year. What we have seen since the Bud Light boycott, and that's the other difference, it's boycotts versus cancel culture. What the right has done is gone to this boycott, but we're not going after like the little peasants of the world. We've gone after Bud Light, Target and now the Ivy League, and we're going after their wallets and saying, "Stop the donations, stop the federal funding, stop the enrollment. Don't buy the product, don't patronize, don't patron, don't don't be a patron to their store." I think there's a difference there. I have, and it's not so much left versus right. It's easy to go after the little guy, but you can when you can put a dent in a big company. And oh, by the way, too, Bud Light's going to be just fine because as Bud Light has fallen off, I should say Anheuser Busch collectively. The number one ranked beer that went to the top of the charts is Modelo, which I, I and I know I always get this tweet about there's some other company that bought them or whatever, but it's in publication, so uh, you take up the, take up the semantics with somebody else. So
3: I love that you brought, you were able to bring up beer, bugs, bunny, you know, have some fun in here, and I love that you brought it back to the perspective. It's the
2: beauty of this program, Don.
3: It is, and you know, the bottom line is for this. Um, you know, we don't know Mark Rowan's politics, but I I imagine that. He and his family said my goodness don't we give a ton of money to look at these headlines this upside down land i'm glad that he's asking questions but i think that the the headline that bold headline tells you all it's from the perspective of those faculty members who are are so outraged and disgusted yeah i would say get rid of the freaking department of education yeah. every time we talk
2: about it mm-hmm.
3: it's a disaster
2: and We might not be in the situation today with Claudine Gay at Harvard if we didn't live in a DEI world. And what have I always said about DEI? doesn't work. Meritocracy works. The best people get the best job regardless of your race, your religion, your gender, your sexual orientation, or any other self-identifying category.
3: You know what you make me think of? We've been talking about that. DEI pronouns. Who knew that these places were breeding apparently anti-Semitism? I know that that to me that i feel like we were distracted by one thing when god forbid a very
2: dark scary thing was going on yeah and my pronouns oh my, my pronouns right now are break slash now <laughs> because i'm two minutes late 855-839-1210 is the number we'll come back put a bow on this we have the california coffee house update that we gave you last week well guess what surprise surprise a couple of terminations uh if you don't remember that story we will give you uh the audio in the video one more time as we update you as we continue kailin company talk radio twelve ten wphd it's-
3: talk it's that time of year again time to scramble around making sure you have all the right gifts for everybody on your list luckily i discovered whatacrock.com i've been talking to you about whatacrock.com they have the idea of you know sending well i've had the idea of sending some of my friends these meals and family members who could really use some delicious dinners without any prep mess or stress and so far this has been a huge hit So if you haven't heard me talk about whatacrock.com before, here's how it works. You put a meal in your slow cooker in the morning. This is literally how simple it is. You put the meal in the slow cooker in the morning. You go about your day. Do what you got to do when you come home. Dinner is waiting, simmering, and oh, it makes the kitchen smell so good when you walk in. It's as simple as dropping that meal into your slow cooker and boom, dinner is one and done. Whatacrock.com has a huge menu, more than 50 meals to try no subscription no commitment is required to order that's a neat, neat part of this too and they even have digital gift cards that are instantly delivered via email for you know folks who need a great gift in a pinch last minute no problem so make sure you use promo code WPHT at checkout you get ten dollars off your order whatacrock.com that's code WPHT for ten dollars off excluding the gift cards, I should mention. And make sure you check them out. Whatacrock.com. Whatacrock.com. What a great idea. Tell them Dawn sent you.
0: This is the Kale & Company Podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHD, and on the free Odyssey app.
2: Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. You can get us on the free Odyssey app and, of course, watch us live on YouTube. YouTube.com slash at 1210 WPHT. Coming up after dawn's news, Joe Biden hands over another cool two hundred million to Vladimir Zelensky. We'll get to that story. That that also has me up. Yesterday I, I think I reached my tipping point with <laughs> yeah. Russia Ukraine. And I think some of it had to do with Fox because I was getting ready to watch the five. And uh, as soon as the five comes on, they immediately go right to, and Jesse Waters is like, all right, let's go to the White House where uh, Joe Biden is talking with Vladimir Zelensky. So I lost my judge time yesterday. I didn't Uh-oh. get to see Judge Janine, so that had me steamed up Uh-oh. on top of the $200 million. Could
3: we possibly get Judge Janine? Like, we got to get Judge Janine on with Nick. And all right, let's do it on a
0: that day we-
2: that I'm not here. Yeah, we'll do it uh, when you take your 13-day break uh, <laughs> in, in,
3: in a couple of days. Come on. Yeah. That we'll would do,
2: be... Yeah, next Thursday.
3: Like his Christmas wish for crying yeah, out loud! That'd be great. You know? I just want
2: to hear her yell "hogwash" on the air. <laughs> Love when she calls stuff hogwash. Underrated old school term. Uh, but let's update people on the story that we talked about last week, uh, where three Northern California clowns working in a Oakland uh, coffee shop, um, and this story went viral, where you had a lady of Jewish descent who went into, I believe, one of the public bathrooms in the coffee house. And she came out because she saw anti-Semitic uh, Jewish stuff, kind of you know spray painted or graffitied or whatever. You know, people write stuff all over bathroom walls and doors in public places, and she was obviously shaken up by that, and rightfully so. And she wanted to use another facility, and you had a bunch of people that work in this little hipster coffee shop. I believe we had nose rings. Uh, we had one girl wearing a beanie. Yes, yeah. people still call it a beanie, like Stalker <laughs> and I. Um, skull so, cap, yeah, skull cap. So I believe we have the video and the audio. This will be a little refresher for you, and then we will give you the update. Uh, this is what transpired in that Oakland coffee house.
0: Bathroom. We've given you all your food. I want to go You've into the rest in
2: Blue hair, kn95 <laughs> masks, beanies. Private
4: property and saying it's their own, but we gotta have.
2: They look like they live in Oakland. <laughs> yeah. Tattoo on the I forehead. The I,
4: need you to read, I
3: was patron here, and I have a right to go into the restroom. And, and I Yeah, but I need to go into the restroom. I'm asking you to leave. No, you need to let me go into the no, restroom. I don't. I don't. I'm I, I'm a patron here, and I okay. need to go to the restroom. I'm finally nice. <laughs> <I'm kindly laughs> asking. Three I'm finally asking. Right okay. No, I want to
1: go into the restroom. That's fine. You can use our restroom. We have a restroom next door. You can use our. It's a restroom. No. I want. we Should no. not be excluded and other yeah. people they allowed.
3: saying no. I want to go into the restroom. And what is standing here going to do?
1: You're not going to let me into it's the restroom. We can use our other restroom. This is
4: disgraceful.
0: It's so oh. disgraceful. So embarrassing. Like it's it's. All you don't get a It's like 1940 I'm Germany. I know. You agree with it? Why are you afraid that we we'll take a picture of you? Oh, actually, okay. you why? Why? If you agree with it, why? Why are you afraid? Zionism.
4: Then why is your the mean? Mean? you me? Know, yeah, problem. yeah, yeah.
0: So there's the anti-Semitic, uh, anti-Semitic cool. stuff. Zionism equals fascism is what it says on
4: there. It's always please leave. Thank you. It's always yeah. Great. We love it. Thank yes. you very much.
2: Yeah, that guy's got oh, mental health issues. You.
0: You they much. all do.
4: That's
3: a guy.
2: Yeah. yeah. I think he's identifying that way. Okay. So the update uh, is that these three individuals seen in the viral video denying a Jewish woman access to the bathroom, they are no longer employed wow. there, as the owners of the eatery have said. i um, give you a couple of details because they did provide a few quotes. In a statement posted Saturday, Farley's, the uh, coffee shop, the, that's the name of the establishment, their owners, Amy and Chris Hilliard, apologized and said they should have taken more forceful action earlier, earlier. Yeah. What began as a civil dialogue between our staff and a Jewish customer escalated into a situation that was shocking and unacceptable. Events like this strike fear in the Jewish community and perpetuate the rise of anti-Semitism in our community and around the world. We do not tolerate any behavior at Farley's. That makes people feel unwelcome or unsafe. Wow. The employees were, quote, disrespectful and hurtful. And because this act is not aligned with our values, the employees in the incident are no longer longer employed interesting i wonder though if they ha- if they were not going to act on this until it went viral of course because if that's the case yeah. then i lose a little bit of respect for you
0: yeah they they would not have because i'm guessing the owners of the coffee shop and i don't know this for a fact but i'm guessing that they they probably believe the same thing <laughs> but it, yeah. they just couldn't take the you know the heat of that viral yeah. video so yeah
3: well and the three that you see there honestly at first i thought this is this cannot be real yeah i know this this, because it's like it's like their cost you know they have the one has like a mustard colored the skull cap mustard and a plaid plaid (laughs) shirt and they're not even wearing kn95 masks nick there it's like that dirty cloth mask that they've been wearing for three years you know what i mean they're just and they're and also the they're big compared to the little lady who's like you're not gonna let me use the bathroom mm-hmm. I mean at first I thought no way right. this, this this is this they scripted this yeah. this can't be real this
2: has to be artificial intelligence or something like yeah. they're
3: they're spoofing the whole uh-huh. thing and to to imagine yeah. that these three boneheads yeah these ignoramuses, I do this to
2: this little lady. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Acting that way at a coffee shop. Jeez. Yeah. Imagine dying on that hill. Well, they cost you your job. Good job, Skippy. <laughs> 657. We'll come back. Kickoff hour number two. Dawn's got some news on the way, as well as Vladimir Zelensky picks up another $200 million. And I've about had it with this guy. We'll get into that when we come back. But right now... Gotta tell you about Wawa. I mean, if you have a cool 200 million around, you can get one massive big gift card, I guess. But you could go to Wawa.com or you could stop in store. Let's try digital first, shall we? Wawa.com. You can pick one of the festive card designs, enter the amount that you want, and actually write a personalized message. You can choose to have the Wawa gift card show up in the inbox instantly of a friend, family member, or loved one. Just like magic, boom, it'll arrive when you want it to arrive. You can set the date you want to send it. You can buy a digital gift card today and give the gift of Wawa to somebody you love. But if you like to go out and about and stop in by your local spot, your local Wawa in your neighborhood, your community, maybe you're grabbing a cup of coffee, a breakfast sizzly, whatever it might be, Grab a gift card right there at the front of the register. Grab one for your favorite boss, aunt, uncle. Make anybody's season bright in one Wawa run. Happy holidays from Wawa. They are your one-stop gift card shop. See store for details.
0: Start your day with Kale and Company.
4: Weekday mornings 6 till 10 on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the free Odyssey app.